Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Bottoming, the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond. Kindly sponsored by Joe Malone London. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BottomingPod or visit bottomingpodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hello. <laughs> What's fancy seeing you here? Oh dear, terrible. Um, this is part two. Yeah. Of our special two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, for World AIDS Day. So, if you are listening straight off the back of the other episode, thanks for sticking with us. Um, if you've taken a break, which I don't blame you for, welcome back. If you we haven't listened to part one yet, go and do that. You should do that. Because that make, will make sense. Probably more sense, but um, <laughs> we spoke with Callum from National Age Trust and Jose, who has lived experience of living with HIV. Two two really great interviews, and go and give them a listen, and then join us back here, mm-hmm. and we'll be here to greet you. Mm-hmm. But we'll just get straight into it, because we've already done all of the intro spiel in the other one why waste any time do you know what i mean yeah so positive east are a london-based charity who offer a range of services a lot more than i ever knew mm-hmm. i think i thought i'd obviously done some research and um have known about positive east for for quite a few years at this point but even with that knowledge i still wasn't fully aware of the extent of some of the things they do which is just incredible yeah um in the past, we've mentioned about speaking to private individuals, mm-hmm. um, public services, different charities, and we wanted to make sure that we did the same with this because there's just so many different options for people um, accessing different types of services. So obviously National Age Trust work on the lobbying and the political kind of research side of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Positive East um, work in the community are another charity, but offer as you will hear from Andre, a range of um, services to anyone and everyone that needs them. 
um, that are, have just been diagnosed or um, have lived with HIV for, for any amount of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so without further ado, here is Andre. My name is Andre Smith. Uh, uh, my pronouns are he and him, and I am the counselling coordinator at Positive East. Um, so what that in- involves basically is that uh, um, I basically lead on the um, counselling support services. I myself am supported by an amazing team of uh, 12 uh, counsellors who um, all of them volunteer their time out of their lives and their jobs um, to help us um, manage uh, and run the service, which without them we couldn't do. Um, Specifically, um, so I look after this team of 12 counsellors. I do all the counselling assessments when the referrals come in, Mm -hmm. whether it's internal or from external sources. I do the clinical assessments, um, get an idea of what the issues are for each client and then um, tend to allocate them out to the counsellors. I also do um, some you know, clinical work myself as well, mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. not all just sort of administrative. Mm-hmm. And um, I also run um, uh, twice-weekly mindfulness meditation sessions, which we do on Zoom which um, are, uh, I'm happy to say, very well attended as well. So people beginning to realize the value of stillness and silence mm-hmm. <laughs> as, a, as a coping strategy for men's <laughs> mental health sort of thing. So, and that's just part of our, our sort of wider health and well-being services. Mm-hmm. So um, there's probably a hundred of other, other sort of administrative type things I do, but that's the sort of general overview of, uh, of, of what I do. Incredible. And so for anyone listening who doesn't know, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about why Positive East was set up and the kind of work you do generally. Okay, so Positive East is now, I think we're going into our 31st year, and Positive East was born as a result of a marriage between two previous organisations, which was Lean, the London East AIDS Network, and the Globe Centre. And so both of these organizations were basically um, sort of out there before we had antiretrovirals and we were sort of dealing with the Mm -hmm. the impact of this thing called AIDS, as it were, and um, sort of run uh, and organized by community activists. And um, uh, the idea was that they would sort of merge, bring together their experiences and their resources. So Positive East was formed out of that. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, Positive East offers a, um, a range of services um we have um counseling obviously which uh, i've told you a little bit about we have information and advice which is there to support people with uh issues that might be immigration it might be welfare it might be helping them to access other services you know sort of national or local level mm-hmm. um we have uh, peer support um, which, uh, again, that's sort of um, offering uh, support, which isn't quite as, uh, as deep and incisive as counselling, but um, that's, that's run by people who themselves, um, mm-hmm. we have p- uh, peer mentors who mm-hmm. themselves are living with HIV. They've been through their journeys, so um, they are well-placed to work with some clients who might be newly diagnosed or who mm-hmm. might be long-term into their diagnosis, but are struggling, feeling lonely, feeling isolated, um, uh, not sure about how to practically manage their lives. So they get mm. an opportunity to sit down um, with the peer mentors that come from the peer support uh, team and, um, uh, and, and, you know, to sit down with somebody who's been through it can, mm. uh, can be quite encouraging and quite inspiring because you get a living example of somebody who says you don't end at HIV, you mm-hmm. don't begin there and you don't end there mm. sort of thing. So 
Um, that's that. Peer support also, we also have um, lots of workshops. Mm -hmm. um, we have Stride, um, where so every sort of second week we get experts who come in and it might be to talk about HIV and aging. It might be to talk about confidence. It might mm -hmm. be to talk about, um, you know, whatever might be in the news, you know, in terms of developments or just, just sort of living with HIV, um, sleep hygiene, <laughs> managing your money, all sorts of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, yeah. affects all of us, as it were. We have... Um, um, another uh, workshop called She Moves, that's specifically for women. Mm -hmm. So that's a sort of weekly exercise class. We all know that a little bit of um, uh, getting the heart beating makes mm. endorphins yeah. you know, sort of feel good, as it were. And, and that's doing really well, actually, as well. Lots of uh, our female clients are subscribing to that. We have the mindfulness sessions that... Mm -hmm. um, I talked about as well. We also have something called Technicolor, which is um, a sort of LGBTQ plus mm -hmm. um, sort of film night where they watch a film and then afterwards there's sort of discussion and debate about it. Um, we've got um, lots of projects like Women for Women, which is a really good one. I think that's Positive East mm -hmm. in association with uh, BART's. Uh, and a and other organization which will come to me in a minute um, and that's to um, uh, encourage um, women to come forward and be trained as sort of community advocates and that's specifically um, really targeting um, African women mm -hmm. um, into uh, educating them about prep a lot of mm -hmm. African women might have partners who are not necessarily playing safe out there. Mm. So, you know, the more they can understand about what's available and prep and all that sort of stuff. So the Women for Women is Positive East. They're going to train up some women from the community who can mm. then go out into their communities and start to teach and educate women about what is out there and sexual health and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. So... Um, we've got prevention and testing. Mm -hmm. We have a very, very robust prevention and testing um, service. And... Of course, we've been challenged with COVID. You know, how do you do prevention and testing? You yeah. know? Um, but uh, so our team, they go out into the community. So we're still doing, um, with all the safety protocols in place, mm -hmm. you know, still doing face-to-face uh, -face testing um, at various venues, including Positive East. Mm -hmm. um, but we're now also doing sort of online testing where um, you can get a kit sent to your home and then you can get some advice online on how to do that. Or you can go through it with somebody. Um, so... Um, it's quite interesting in terms of how um, I think in the face of COVID, um, uh, I know this might not be one of your questions, but how um, we as an organization mm -hmm. have had to, when it hit us, we had to sort of overnight sort yeah. of migrate all of our services, you know, mm -hmm. sort of online, suddenly on the telephone, you know, mm -hmm. slowly but surely we're, we're sort of coming back to more face to face. But mm. um, in a way, it's helped us expand our services. Yeah. So before everything was face to face, be it counseling you'd, or you'd meet with a peer, peer support or you'd meet with the advice team, mm -hmm. whereas now there's there's uh, there's much more choice yeah so um yeah that's um that's that's some of the services that uh, that we offer just a couple of things <laughs> yeah. Huge yeah. well we're, we're yeah. a hub in a way and i think yeah. that what makes yeah, yeah. positive is east unique as well and i think also it's a sort of um uh, like a sort of one-stop shop mm -hmm. like we can't solve everybody's problems and mm -hmm. everybody's dilemmas but somebody can come to positive east and they might be referred in um because their clinic uh, uh, the c consultant at the clinic has decided that they'd be uh, they might benefit from some counselling support, mm -hmm. mm. and then um, so they come in, they get registered, mm. and the person who's doing the register 
the registering might uh, also realise that actually this person could do with some help around benefits. This person might really be a good ad, you know, uh, person to receive some peer support. Mm. Or actually, this person needs something to do. They're talking about volunteering. So, mm. you know, the, yeah. the registration sort of flags up all those other areas where we might be able to support them. So mm. they might come in for one thing, but they'll find that actually there's a whole range of, of, of services mm. that can support them. Mm. Yeah, that's so amazing. Really tailored to the individual, then. Yes, as as as, mu as much as possible, and I think I think that's that's our ethos as well. That mm. um, you know, um, uh, certainly when I I work with clients, that it's not somebody coming in for six mix sessions, mm -hmm. you know, with a bit of CBT and off you go. Yeah, you know, you've got a human being coming mm. in. You know? Yeah, and uh, and I think all of us at, at Positive East are quite mindful. You know that there's a huge story behind every human being, whether mm. it's someone sitting opposite you on a train or someone walking in outdoors. You know, so mm. um, so uh, clients often sort of say it's a sort of it feels like a sort of home from home for them. Mm. Oh. You know, where um, they can they can get so much so much support. Yeah. You know? um, when the building was open, you know, we have um, we have a huge sort of cafeteria area. People come in for lunch. We've got a sort of computer workstation. We've got a gym. Mm. You know, there's a there's a whole range. Of, of services quite holistic yeah you know yeah. yeah and i guess with this sort of um area as well it, it needs to be yeah. because as you say it impacts so many different parts of someone's life yes. and like everything that you've mentioned there everyone that comes to you will have to deal with you know whether it's fitness or well-being generally or taxes or immigration all of these things you mentioned so to have all of that and have it with the um, the overlap of the HIV services as well, I guess, is super important, which kind of leads me on to the, the next question, actually. The National AIDS Trust recently released a report that showed that mental health services are failing people living with HIV. Yeah. Um, and I guess with this in mind, obviously, as Positive East's counselling coordinator, can you maybe share a little bit more about how the service that you offer is tailored for people living with HIV and like why that element is important and what may be missing from traditional mental health services? Okay, there's a big question. Um, <laughs> so um, I think with we've got like over 30 years of experience of, of um, delivering counselling. So you learn as you go along in mm -hmm. terms of what the needs are, you know, and what the issues and challenges are facing um, uh, anybody who is either newly diagnosed or actually sort of living long term with, uh, with, with HIV. So um, I think that... Uh, you know, when somebody is diagnosed with HIV, for them, that can land almost like a meteor into mm. reality then. And, and suddenly this huge thing has just landed in their world. They can't see above it, around it, underneath it. And they go from being somebody who had all sorts of resources and was doing okay in the world to suddenly, I'm just HIV. Mm -hmm. I'm just this thing called HIV. And this is the, then they start constructing, it's possible to start constructing a new identity out mm. of I am HIV. And I think that w what we do is we help people sort of reframe that. That's one of mm -hmm. the areas where we, ha we work with them to help remind them that um, HIV is something actually that, um, you know, with some support, you're going to learn hopefully really well and positively to live with. Mm -hmm. You are not HIV, you are a person. You know, we are more than, you know, uh, more than our gender, more than mm -hmm. our jobs, more than I'm more than someone's brother, someone's son, someone's whatever sort of thing, you know, human being first. Mm. And uh, so we have that in mind, as I said before, you know, we're dealing with a human being here, but we're also very aware of the challenges, 
you know, the stigma, the, mm. um, you know, that suddenly you've got to get used to this, uh, you know, diagnosis and you can be sort of almost um, sort of rushed through the system like, okay, here's your diagnosis, here's your pills, take those and off you go mm. sort of thing, you know, and, and people are suddenly, oh, I've got to make all these changes and, uh, you know, so um, I think... You know, we're very, very mindful of um, uh, counselling doesn't just give uh, clients um, some some techniques to help them cope better. We really look at the underlying issues, mm -hmm. you know, that and those underlying issues, they're psychological, they're emotional. Mm. They're also practical, you know, as well as being physical sort of thing. And I guess where we're lucky is that we don't necessarily have to sort of limit people to four or six sessions which sometimes it's all you get on the nhs yeah it can take that time for somebody to start feeling comfortable to even begin to start talking freely about it so mm. we don't offer you know never-ending counseling but you know if somebody needs 12 sessions or if they need 16 they you know sometimes up to 20 sessions mm. so we have space and we have time to properly explore the reality of that person, the world of that person, and what's going on, you know, and um, and and to explore all those issues that mm. they're they're coming up against, you know, people still use words like "I feel dirty," "I feel diseased," you mm. know, "Who's going to want me?" "I'm mm. no good now," you know, so um, uh, issues like um, sort of self-confidence, low self-esteem, you know, as well as the stigma, as well as the rejection, disclosure. Mm. All these things that, you know, I, I, I don't sort of paint, um, you know, the wider mental health services as, as a villain because it's not everybody's at breaking point, you yeah. know, so yeah. people are sort of rushed through the system, as it were. But for the person who's experiencing that, they are fragile. Mm. And, 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 you know, if they get a sense that somebody is genuinely there, genuinely interested, genuinely present, genuinely mm. showing up, and I think how we also tailor it is I say to every client I work with, and I can almost hear a sigh of relief when I say it, is that, um, you know, just in terms of managing your expectations, what's going to happen in this session, I say to them, um, you know, look, you are living with HIV for 24 seven, hmm. you're inviting me in for an hour of your week. So I'm going to be looking to you to recruit your experience, your lived experience, you know. Um, so you'll be looking to me for my experience and I'll be looking to you for your lived experience. Mm -hmm. So we're doing a sort of co-creation together. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. that's what this sort of journey is sort of thing. So the client isn't just sat there saying, uh, right, we're going to do some TBT and help you get some, you know, really positive thoughts. They're properly invited into the process, mm. you know, and, and that can work like magic sometimes because that in a way makes them already feel valued. Mm. My God, he wants, you know, he, they want they want my expertise. They yeah. want to know what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling as we explore and uh, and look into issues. Mm. So um, I wouldn't say that we've got some sort of exclusive patent necessarily, <laughs> you know, but but um, uh, but we have a much we have a wider space and a wider yeah a wider space to explore what's mm -hmm. happening in the world of that individual. Mm. And I guess also you, if you are working with counsellors who are volunteering for the service, they also have like a um, a connected interest in the subject area as well, and uh, most likely knowledge as well about HIV and AIDS um, and what it's like living with that. Um, we find it with a lot of NHS services. We did an episode on um, therapy within the NHS, charity sector and private. And we spoke with someone who said, obviously, there's not any managed training, even on LGBT issues within the NHS. And so 
there's already that kind of disconnect and often stigma when you are LGBTQ plus coming to a service like that, wondering what you're going to be um, uh, met up with, I guess, in terms of who the counsellor is, what their um, what their ideology is and ethics and morals and things like that. And so I guess with a service like yours and Positive East, it's someone's coming to the service, there's already that kind of barrier that's broken down in a sense, isn't there, that, you know, there's going to be that knowledge when they come to the service the security as well yeah there's there's there is that sort of security i guess or or sort of um uh, slight comfort that mm. hopefully you know this is a specialist organization they're there to support people living with and affected by hiv so mm. they should rightly expect that anyone who is helping them and you know even some even some of my colleagues who may work in information and advice mm. as it were you know um we all uh, as 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 an organization we have our own sort of refreshment training so everybody is up on the issues as it were but specifically with the counselors um you know um with um dr mccarthy who's our uh, she does some clinical work with um uh, some women clients on a, an amazing project called reassure but the two of us use, uh, tend to interview new counselors mm-hmm. and so um, we don't expect them to come with forensic mm. uh, sort of knowledge of, of HIV that a clinician might have. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the first a couple of questions is, why do you want to work in this field? Mm. What do you think and what do you imagine the challenges are for people living with HIV? So right from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, you know there's a, a sort of proper sort of screening process to make sure that um, we've got people who, who, who want to be there for the right reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and bring with them a semblance of knowledge. And you know, every t- any time any of us do something new, we're not coming fully prepped. You know, yeah, the yeah. rest is learning as we go along, sort of thing. But, mm. but yeah, you know, the, um, even you know, there's there's the basic uh, there's the basic stuff that clients would expect mm. in terms of knowledge with the counsellors, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And I guess, what more do you think needs to be done to ensure that people living with HIV can access equal support in all mental health services? Um, so I would say uh, I think it's um, ongoing awareness training for anyone who um, is working uh, as a, a sort of health professional. And that could be a consultant, mm. you know, that could be a nurse, it could be um, anybody really. I read the um, uh, NAT report. Mm. Or some of it anyway, and they were mm. sort of saying in terms of the IAP services, increasing access to uh, psychological therapies. And they were saying that some of the um, uh, workers within that, um, there was a very sort of poor um, onward referral process. You mm-hmm. know, people didn't really know if they didn't know how to help that person, mm-hmm. you know, and they weren't linking into all the integrated sort of um, uh, healthcare services that are available, as mm-hmm. it were. And again, I think um, some of the um, testimonies I read of, of, of uh, uh, patients or clients um, were that uh, they, they still felt a sense of, of judgment mm. and it may not have been intentional mm. but if you don't have the right training if you don't have that sensitivity or you don't know how to sort of approach somebody it might have been a cultural insensitivity it might have been a lack of knowledge as it were so I think it always comes down to training 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 yeah. you know and, yeah. uh, and and making sure that just as I as, as, as a therapist I'm expected to um, do sort of 45 hours every year of a continued professional development and mm. make sure I know I'm 
ahead of my game. I know what the new developments are. I knew what the issues are sort of thing. And uh, I think anybody who's delivering sort of services, especially when you're dealing with people mm -hmm. with HIV, and I, I think the report said that to LGBT people in particular um, are twice as likely to be suffering from anxiety, mm -hmm. from stress, you know, uh, uh, from depression, uh, twice the national average sort of thing. So, you know, they're going to be sitting there in a sort of... Um, really unsure and um and and if they're if they're if their experience is is one of being treated insensitively mm. you know or 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 just sort of talked to mm -hmm. uh by by somebody again who um, you know I'm, I, I don't believe in pointing fingers and blaming that solves nothing but it's just it's just you know knowledge is power mm -hmm. you know always and if 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 you know how to and if you're prepped and if you're tooled up with some some basic training mm. you will know how to meet that person I think. And yeah. it goes for the same for anybody who might walk in with cancer or diabetes, or anything that's troubling somebody, you know. Mm. So I think, I think um, the more has to do with, with training and um, advocating, you know, and lobbying uh, local authorities at governmental level. And not keeping up the fight sounds like a strive, but, but keeping up uh, the, the pressure, keeping mm -hmm. up the, the narrative, the conversation, the dialogue mm. around it sort of thing, mm. which many, 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 many organizations are doing. There's some fantastic work out there, but it would be easy. It's like, oh, we've got U equals U now, yeah. and now everybody's moving towards you know, you know, treatment where basically you'll live as long as you d you were going to whatever your blueprint was sort of mm. thing you know <laughs> sort of uh so undetectable viral loads and all that sort of stuff but you know um treating somebody with medication is great and the advances have been fantastic mm. but um you know it's it's so much more than somebody going into the service uh, getting some treatment or getting four sessions mm -hmm. of a bit of mental health basic mental health training sort of mm -hmm. thing so yeah. um i think you know uh, uh i don't know what word to substitute but the fight has to go on the good fight yeah. has to go on as it were yeah yeah so slightly changing the the tone a little bit i'm 27th of november is positive east's world aids day red run um which has been going for is it over 12 years now yes i think so um how has it been seeing that go from 50 people running at the the very first one um to now an event that you know thousands of people attend and supporters maybe kind of more in the thousands as well how is that it's been nothing short of um, amazing, astonishing, mm -hmm. inspiring, you know, um, to watch something evolve from a sort of seedling, you know, uh, to, to grow into the huge event it is today. Mm. I think um, the last time I checked in, I think we had um, uh, seven or eight hundred plus mm -hmm. um, runners registered, mm. you know, and, um, and, and there'll be many more sort of things. So... Um, you know, in essence, it's it's a fun run. But behind that, um, uh, what what inspires me is that every year more and more people are deciding. Um, you know, uh, apart from it'll be fun to do a bit of exercise and yeah. running sort of thing, uh, that you know it's worth giving up a morning of my time mm. to support something that uh, I feel is really worthy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and and it, it, I guess it shows because lots of those runners, you know, some of them will be people who already work, you know, in the sector, but some of them are just they're, they're community residents mm -hmm. who said, yeah, I'm on board. You know, mm -hmm. this is a worthy cause, and and it means, I guess that um uh the the conversation 
conversation about HIV and how it's evolving is seeping into consciousness now. It mm -hmm. really is. Yeah. You know, it's really beginning to grow. So I, I find it um, uh, so inspiring and, and so encouraging because, yes, we could say, yes, there's always more to do. There's always more work to do. But, um, you know, uh, life is never one thing. So, you know, an intelligent mind can hold paradox. And whilst there is lots of work to do, there is always amazing things still happening yeah. and to be proud of and to be inspired by, you mm -hmm. know. So it's it's just get, getting the balance, not to rest on laurels, going, well, we're kind of now, you equals you, and we've got undetectable, and, you know, it's in the, it's in the mainframe conversation. Yeah. How we keep it there, we've got to be creative, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of how we push forward, how we keep that conversation going, how we evolve that, you know, mm -hmm. how we evolve care, mental health care, especially for LGBT, Q plus, as mm -hmm. it were, because, um, you know, if you take your eye off the ball, um, people can be left behind very quickly. Yeah. You know, so we have to continue, as I say, with, with the good fight. So to kind of finish off, what can people do if they're listening now to support Positive East or vice versa? If they, you know, have listened and think actually this is a service that could help them, how can they get in touch that way? Okay, so um, uh, what I would say is that um, Positive East supports people who are um, either living or working or studying in sort of northeast London mm -hmm. boroughs, as it were. And that's a huge catchment area, obviously. Mm -hmm. So you know, if people listening thinking, oh, God, I didn't know they had all those services, I could, um, you know, I mean, I would just literally, you know, Google positiveeast.com and um, our website will come up and it shows you everything from our mission statement to our services to mm -hmm. our testing, to all the programs we have running. And uh, you see there's a huge menu and it's really user-friendly and you can find out what's going on there. If people like the idea of sort of thinking, you know what, I'd like to maybe get involved in volunteering because there's, mm -hmm. um, there's uh, huge, lots and lots of areas where people can get involved, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, with volunteering. Again, you know, go to the website, click on volunteering, click on testing. You know, if you're mm -hmm. worried, there might be people out there who, um, our, our prevention and testing, for instance, um, you know, we, we, we can now do testing for not just sort of HIV, but for syphilis and gonorrhea mm -hmm. and all sorts of things so there might be people who just oh, don't know where to go you know you can come and uh, just just click on and, mm -hmm. and find and it's step by step you know how do you mm. want to do this do you want to do it online do you want to come in face to face do you need a conversation with us mm. you know it's um, all the information is there so mm. the website is our holy grail Thanks for chatting with us, Andre. That was really fantastic. If you want to read more about what Positive East do, you can go to positiveeast.org.uk. As always, the links will all be on our website. Yeah. So you can just go to bottomingpodcast.com and you'll find everything that we've spoken about, plus more little nuggets of bits. Probably too much more. Maybe, yeah. But it'll be all, all be on there. So another thing that Positive East do is um, they organise the Red Run. Mm-hmm which is an annual um, 5 or 10K run in Victoria Park in East London um, to raise money for, for Positive East, but also a range of other HIV um, charities and organisations. I have actually discussed this in the past mm -hmm. when we spoke about sport and running. Right. Um, when I first moved to London, it was 2012, December 2012, and I only trained for maybe two weeks. I'd never ran before I did the 5K um, and I popped my knee on the way round. So oh. I had to hobble the last, I think it was like the last 2K I hobbled round. And it was you just a mess. your knee? It was like a mess start to finish, yeah. What do you mean popped your knee? I don't know. Like, like 
something went wrong with my knee, which is why I didn't run again for many, many years. Um, so I've actually I've taken part in this before. <laughs> Successfully, um, I, I hear. And to see, we obviously we went a couple of years ago. Yeah. Didn't we? we saw James. James. Go and raise some money doing well done, James. such a speedy run. He made it like... It a was, piece of cake. A piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to see the difference in the amount of people mm-hmm. that were running and supporting within, that was what, seven years from when I did it. It was just amazing. So it's yeah. really, really good to see the growth of that. Um, and I'm sure it will just continue to get bigger and bigger. So we asked a number of people at the run what World Aids Day meant to them. We did go along. We didn't run. No, I mean, you're still recovering all these Not years Hockney. later. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we we went along and had some fun. Yeah, I assume. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Because we haven't been yet. No. Again, recording this a day earlier, but. So over to you in Victoria Park. And Live on the scene here in Victoria Park, the weather is absolutely stunning. Never have I seen such a gorgeous day. Uh, I honestly don't know how people are running because it's so fucking ice cold. Um, we're going to try and get some voice notes. I work for um, Mild May Hospital, which is um, an HIV rehab hospital, and it is um, a really important thing. Most people who work there are here today. And I wrote you in. (laughs) She wrote me in. Uh, I work up at the Royal London Hospital and do a lot of runs, and um, this is really close to my heart as well. It's such an important thing to, to be involved with. Yes, my name is Jen Fancy and I'm from African Equality Foundation. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling so happy to come in today to give back to the community. Uh, I'm doing the run, uh, most especially to empower those people living with HIV and to uh, promote uh, HIV services in, in, in around the world, in, in UK and around the world. So are you working for African Equality Foundation? I'm, I'm a member of African Equality Foundation and I'm a volunteer as well. Okay. Uh, African Equality Foundation is an LGBT organization. It's a charity organization that works with the asylum seekers and refugees around the UK and uh, empowering them. Yeah, We promote inclusion and we love each other. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so, so much. I've been here before as, uh, as a spectator, but this is the first time that I've run it. And it felt quite special. I was doing it with my partner today. So um, we ran it around together um, and we were raising money for 5016 Street, just in terms of the amazing work that they do in promoting good sexual health to, to our community. And um, it's been a great day. You know, I think what's so amazing about it is that it feels so inclusive and warm and there's that community spirit there as well. Like I've done a lot of running events in the past and they, they're just not as, um, I don't think they're quite as inclusive as this. And it's a real celebration as well which yeah. is great and just to clarify you mean metaphorically warm metaphorically warm yes warm. no it's absolutely <laughs> freezing we're in the midst of storm just now but um uh, everyone's got like big smiles in their faces and i think everyone is just so happy to be back together as well after what's happened over the last year yeah Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Hi, I'm Harry. Hiya. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm running for 5016 Street as well, um, who provide amazing sexual health services for trans and binary people, and they've been an absolute godsend for me, sorting out my hormones and sorting out like all my sexual health stuff. So, um, yeah, I thought I'd go up and support them and all the amazing work that they do. Yeah. I'm not a runner by any stretch, yeah. so it's Keep a real challenge for me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I got out. It's amazing to see people and say hello, and there's just a good sense of solidarity and keeping everyone together. So yeah. yeah, it's been an amazing day. 
Okay, uh, this is my daughter Josie. She decided we were going to run today. Uh, so it's all her who did it. Um, it's her first 5K in, in, a, in a competition. And she chose um, the charity, didn't you, today? Because, you say what? Yeah, I'm a lesbian, so I just wanted to do something, raise yeah. money for a good cause. Yeah, Irish charity, wasn't it? Uh, Duke Stoppage. And how do you feel now that you've done your best? I feel a bit sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> how do you feel? Fine. Are you, like, are you a professional runner? Not professional, no. God, no, no, but I do run a you lot. And then Josie plays a lot of football. She's always faster than me. Yeah, I'm supporting Lake, who's running for Blackout UK, um, and they are uh, a black men's uh, and, and trans non-binary organisation um, by and for. Uh, they provide social space, uh, support um, to the black community here in London and, uh, well, in the UK, and they're really fucking awesome. And um, so is Lake for running for them. <laughs> I've come out because um, I did it two years ago. Um, a lot of my friends are LGBT. Uh, my friend Gavin lost his partner to AIDS many years ago, HIV. Um, and why I came out today was because I've been do I've been sponsored. I got donations for Positive East, like 400 and something quid, so I couldn't back out. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Um, I'm just running in solidarity. Proud, proud member of the LGBT plus community. So just wanting to be part of it, any excuse to do something yeah. with this great group yeah. of people. So yeah, just an excuse to come out. And yeah, I couldn't miss, you know, drag queen MC and uh, <laughs> disco run. So yeah. Okay, so that is a wrap here from Victoria Park. The weather has been stunning all day. It has been absolutely sublime weather for these gorgeous runners and thank you to everyone that spoke to us um we are gonna go and probably get like a nice cold iced tea um because we're so so warm um but yeah thank you Well, we had a great time, didn't we? We did. Honestly, I loved it. It was a bit chilly. Yeah. I'm glad that I had my big coat on. I mean, it is supposed to be raining tomorrow. It is, I know. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the moment you've been waiting for. It's our positive moments it is. of the week. Uh, it is. Do you want to go first or shall I? You go first. Right. Um. Oh, I know what was quite fun. I, um... I went to a wine tasting last mm. Friday at my friend Johnny and Millie's house. <laughs> Hi. And um, they did this thing where you, you like, people brought bottles of wine and you put them in like these black socks with numbers on. And you basically, the idea is to describe your favorite ones and see if it's like the cheaper one or like the most expensive one. Mm. So it's a cute game. Oh, but I got yeah. very drunk and um and turns out all the wine i like is really cheap oh, so, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> cheap dates mm, and no no hangover so had a oh, great time that's rare cheap wine and no hangover well done well it was you know a range of different wines and also a mix i had white wine and red wine yeah it's a real mix no hangover that is... like nine different wines that's shocking that isn't that shocking yeah well so I don't know what the positive thing is with the fact that I didn't have a hangover or the actual wine tasting experience. Okay. You decide. Tell me. <laughs> uh, my positive thing, so this was a week ago, so last Friday evening, I was invited to go and see 
a screen of Stonewallhausen's uh, new documentary, Less. Um, and it was really, really, really amazing. Oh. It was very, very special. Um, it was in Selfridges, the, the cinema in there, which is lovely. But it's, yeah, a new documentary. Um, basically, it's a, a load of different interviews with um, people that have either used Stonewallhausen's services. Um, but then there's also people kind of the discussion around faith and culture um, and background and um, summarising, I guess, why why Stonewall Housing Services especially um, are crucial, mm. but also other LGBT um, housing and homelessness charities and all those things. Just it kind of really shines a light on on some of the issues that maybe are not spoken about enough or um, are not discussed in the mainstream mm-hmm. um, when actually that's usually the largest proportion of people that need it yeah um, so yeah there's there some some really really amazing people in there um, and Josh Willisey also was um, he's a trustee of Stonewall um, hosted the evening was kind of the compare for like Q&A afterwards and it was just amazing to hear from some of the people that were interviewed in the film mm-hmm. as well so yeah that was my positive thing Um it's out the kind of hoping to, to air it um, across film festivals and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure there'll be lots more happening with it. Yeah. Um, and I would just urge when it is available to watch it because I think it's really important and we'll be sure to discuss it as well. I know, oh, definitely. Um, when it happens. So yeah, that's my positive thing. Well, that's your lot, honeys. We've really taken you around the houses <laughs> um, for two episodes, two whole episodes. Yeah. So thank you for sticking with us. Um, it's a really important day and it's really important that we stay engaged and are interested in these type of topics. So, and not um, just on the day either. No. Throughout the year. These sorts of things, as the report uh, from National Nature shows, this is the sort of stuff that needs to be embedded in all aspects of, of services, whether that is healthcare, housing. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be one day a year or one month a year or one week and then it waits again until next year. It needs to be kind of embedded in everything that we do consistently consistently yeah so thank you again to Callum from National Aid Trust to Jose and to Andre from Positive East um, and to everyone that we spoke to at the Red Run it was gorgeous to see you all we'll see you in a couple of weeks with a new episode be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts send us a review on Apple mm-hmm. it does make a big difference I know yeah. we, we always joke about being five star or whatever but it does make a big difference, especially to getting in the charts and then more people being able to hear from um, what our guests have to say. Exposure, honey. Rumble on. Exposure. So, yeah, we'd really appreciate a little review and a share. If you enjoyed this episode, do share mm-hmm. and tag us as well at Bottoming Pod, wherever you do that. Yeah. So, until then, you are doing amazing, sweet tooth. You're doing amazing, sweet tooth. Bye. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.